12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. It's Money FM 89.3, and joining me on the show today is Jason Dacey, of course, a very familiar voice, ABC News journalist, former host of the weekend morning show right here on the station. Jason, always a pleasure speaking to you. How are you? I'm good, Adrian. I'm good. I'm looking at my friends in Singapore. I know that you're being a bit inconvenienced by the latest restrictions, but uh, hopefully you can get over this hump and everything will be fine in in a few weeks' time. Yeah, it's almost a here-we-go-again sort of scenario again, but it's not a full circuit breaker just yet, but that could change in the next few weeks. Who knows? But you recently travelled to Sydney to spend time with your family, but elsewhere you won't be able to do any international travel because Australia's borders won't open until mid-2022. What are the implications of this statement? Well, Adrian, this came out during the budget uh, announcement uh, a few days ago, and it was uh, Josh Frydenberg, the Treasurer, and Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, who were kind of giving information about uh, when Australia might open its international borders. have been shut since May 2020, apart from permanent residents and Australian passport holders who have been allowed to return home. But they are taking a very cautious approach. Prime Minister Scott Morrison said at a televised briefing, all the way through, we'll be guided by the medical advice, we'll be guided by the economic advice. So it does look like uh, the middle of 2022 when Australia's borders will reopen. Currently, just 910 deaths uh, in the coronavirus pandemic for Australia with a population of around 25 million, around 29,700 infections. So this is uh, an area that uh, kind of is polarizing in some ways because uh, there are some voices out there within the community that say we shouldn't be so cautious and we should allow international travelers to come back. In fact, we had Jane Hedricka, she's the Virgin Australia CEO, saying Australia cannot keep its borders shut so long because of the risk of COVID-19. She says we can't keep it out forever. Some people may die, but it's going to be similar to the flu. This kind of comment from the Virgin Australia boss did not go down well with people from the Australian Medical Association and other medical leaders. Uh, So it is polarizing opinion here in Australia. When we see the light at the end of the tunnel, now and again, the light just disappears and we're back to square one again. But some good news for Australians trapped in India. Initially, Prime Minister Scott Morrison said that they could be facing time in jail as well as hefty fines. But I understand that quite a few of them have been able to come back to Australia and serve quarantine, along with the cricketers who were trapped in India as well. Yes, this was a very controversial decision by Prime Minister Scott Morrison earlier in May when he actually said no one could come back from India due to the terrible coronavirus situation we are seeing in the world's biggest democracy. So for two weeks, all flights between India and Australia were stopped. But this really saw a terrible political backlash. And uh, after that, Scott Morrison said he's reviewed the situation and now flights have uh, been coming back in for the last few days. But we are seeing a lot of passengers turned away as they prepare to board because they test positive for COVID-19. We had something like a third of passengers on one of the first flights testing positive and not being able to get on that flight and being stuck there. We actually had a 47-year-old Sydney man who's actually born in India, but has an Australian passport. He'd gone back to India to, I think, attend his father's funeral, and he actually died of COVID at the age of 47. So young. Um, So as you mentioned, we did see the 
Australian cricketers uh, returning. You know, this includes the support staff and also other parts of um, the Indian Premier League, you know, with all the international players being there. More than 20 Australian players, officials came back via the Maldives, some of them, but one actually had come back from India directly. That was Mike Hussey, who was uh, known as Mr. Cricket in his days. He was a, a part of a very famous Australian team, 45 years old. He had contracted COVID-19 and he arrived just a few hours after those who were coming from the Maldives via a third country. And fortunately, Mike Hussey is fine. And all the Australians uh, pretty much from that uh, Indian Premier League have now returned home and now within hotel quarantine. Yeah, I do remember the last time we spoke, we were talking about if the IPL should be cancelled because of the current COVID-19 situation in India. It's terrible. It's out of control. So many people are being infected and dying every single day. Elsewhere, Australia's budget, a big spending budget as well, up to 589 billion Australian dollars in spending measures or expenses for the fiscal year ending June 2022. Tell me more, Jason. Yes, this is uh, something that, you know, we didn't expect to see from a conservative government. Of course, uh, we saw Scott Morrison, you know, winning the election back in May of 2019, when many people had predicted that uh, it would be the Labour Party, you know, the more left wing party that would win power. So um, with uh, Scott Morrison in charge, we've seen this big spending budget that was unveiled early this month worth 589 billion Australian dollars. And now remember the fiscal year in Australia runs from the 1st of July till the 30th of June. And Josh Frydenberg, the Australian treasurer said the economy is coming back, Australia is coming back. And there were many just different issues of this, uh, you know, but we are expecting to see a massive deficit handed down because of the big spending, some of the wage support uh, measures that we've seen over the past uh, you know, year or so. But the jobless rate is forecast to fall below 5% as early as next year, which represents a remarkable turnaround from 2020 when there were these famous you know, TV video shots of people outside, you know, getting their unemployment benefits. Uh, So this is something that uh, is very, very popular here. We're seeing childcare subsidies boosted by $1.7 billion. And um, also, you know, some women's budget spending as well with, with the government not really getting the best kind of vote of approval from women with some of the scandals it's dealt with. The opposition has come out and said this is a, you know, a kind of a nice marketing exercise, but aren't expecting to see much change because the big issue here in Australia is the wages. People are kind of losing money when it comes to the real value of their wages. There haven't been many wages increases over the past five years or so. So that's the the problem for Australians. Many struggle to get by due to the high cost of things here even compared to Singapore and also the high taxes, you know, up to 40% income tax compared to around 17% in Singapore. Yeah, we also did mention the price of housing, how it's just, you know, soared in the last few months as well. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist and former host of the weekend morning show right here on Money FM 89.3. Jason, Whenever we have this discussion in the talking points, you always throw in a few very interesting talking points as such. The man who we'll be discussing is uh, Dexter Kruger. He is Australia's oldest man at 111 years old and 126 days. He's attributed his long lifespan to eating chicken brains. 
<laughs> yeah, this is a great story that uh, I was following. He's from a, an outback Queensland town called Roma, which isn't too far from Brisbane. So as you mentioned, he's passed 111 years. He's on his way to his 112th birthday. But he says that, um, you know, eating chicken brains, <laughs> which is not really a dish that I quite enjoy, has kept him young. He was born on January the 13th. 1910 before telephones or refrigeration he's lived through world wars droughts depressions and pandemics and what's kept him young is a strict morning exercise regime soaking up vitamin d outdoors which of course is sunshine and also reading he loves to read about things he's reading an autobiography about the century he spent on the planet but the chicken brains that's uh, that's the thing that he reckons has uh, done it for him and he's got a 74 year old son called Greg, who says that his father's got a simple lifestyle and balanced diet, complete with plenty of salt, sugar, and fat. So he'd probably enjoy a trip to the Hawker Center, I reckon. I don't think he's ever been to Singapore, but it's a story that's kind of put a smile on many people's faces. He is hoping to become the oldest Australian ever. Uh, so he has to live a little bit longer for that. There was uh, someone called Christina Koch who died in 2002 aged 114 years and 148 days so a couple years to go so he's the oldest living australian at the moment just a couple more years to go mr dexter i'm sure he can uh, you know make history out in australia finally australia's become really cold in the last few days a cold snap has swept across southeastern australia bringing sub-zero temperatures and snow what's been the reaction to this well, it's uh, quite a good reaction because people enjoy, you know, a bit of cooler weather. We've uh, actually had a fairly wet and mild summer, you know, after the bushfires of a, of a year and a half ago. But we did see this cold snap uh, ahead of winter, which begins on June the 1st. And we saw temperatures in Canberra waking up to minus four. Uh, we saw uh, the snow country of um, you know, north, north, uh, southern New South Wales and Victoria seeing temperatures of minus 9.4, which was the coldest May day for 12 years. We saw snowfalls ahead of the start of the ski season. Here are where I'm speaking from in Brisbane. It's got a, you know, down to about seven degrees, I guess. And funnily enough, Adrian, I actually, on Sunday morning, I, you know, as you know, I love to drive down from Brisbane to the Gold Coast. It's about, you know, 55 minutes drive from my place. So it was about eight or nine degrees that morning. And I actually went for a swim in the sea, in the Pacific Ocean at South uh, Port Beach, Main Beach, which is near Surface Paradise. I know many of your listeners will know it. The temperature in the water was 22 degrees Celsius. The temperature outside was around 10 degrees Celsius by the time I actually got in. So it was like getting in a, in a refreshing bath. That sounds amazing. You're almost escaping the cold by jumping into the sea. Elsewhere over here, we're experiencing highs of 32 to 34 degrees Celsius every day. A bit of rain in the last few days as well, but not nearly as cold as what you're experiencing out in Australia. We've been in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, former host of the weekend morning show on Money FM 89.3. Always a pleasure, Jason, speaking to you and uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. Yeah, thanks very much, Adrian. I wish everyone in Singapore all the best as uh, they adapt to these recent changes. Hopefully, they will work. And just a final point on the weather, 
as much as I miss many things about Singapore, including all my friends, especially those on Money FM and all those with all the, the sort of activities I got up to, I don't really miss the weather of Singapore because it does get so hot and humid. I'll take a, a bit of a chilly winter ahead of a, a steamy 34 degrees day. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.